The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade, never stop arriving. Brennan, Comey, and Clapper are no longer in the government, but they're still trying to bring down this president. Why do they still have security clearances? And a positive sign from the Singapore summit, North Korea is dismantling its missile test sites. And President Trump has established an American Workers' Council, which begs the question, why hasn't this been done long ago? With these stories and more from a nationalist perspective, I'm Jim Dawes, and this is America First Radio's Daily Brief. And thank you for joining America First Radio. This conversation never ends. You can follow us on Twitter at AmFirst Radio and friend us on Facebook at America First Radio with Jim Dawes. Then you can share it with your friends, weigh in on the conversation, and get early notifications as soon as these shows are posted. America First Radio is broadcast each weeknight at 11 p.m. Eastern on the new Mojo 5.0 talk station on Dash Radio and on the Talk America Radio Network, the new dominant force in conservative talk radio. But if you miss a broadcast, you can always listen on demand on your favorite podcast directory or directly at our website at AmericaFirstRadio.com. Well, before we get to the main uh, topics of today's program, I want to bring you up to date on the situation in Greece. Uh, They are having uh, just incredible wildfires raging just outside of uh, Athens. Uh, It's affecting uh, the area down near uh, the Greek um, shoreline with the Mediterranean. And so far, these fires have killed 80 uh, 80 people confirmed dead, and there's over, over another 200 missing. And whole cities have been surrounded by fire and nearly burned to the ground. Uh, and, uh, you know, Greece is, is just suffering uh, terrible economic and, uh, and cultural strife in uh, recent days. And it appears uh, that these fires were intentionally set. Uh, really, there's no doubt about it. When uh, satellite images were analyzed, they showed that uh, many of the fires... Uh, in different locations along the coastline were started at roughly the same time. And um, so we've got a situation of mass murder, um, a really terrible uh, mass murder situation, quite possibly. And uh, the prime suspect in this is the refugee crisis uh, that has uh, afflicted Greece for uh, the last several years. Um, people were entering Greece uh, through the islands that um, they uh, they have that are Greek territory right off the Turkish shoreline. So uh, Syrian refugees and other refugees from the Middle East were able to uh, transit through Turkey and then show up on one of these Greek islands that were uh, not far off of the Turkish shore and claim asylum, after which they would be transported to Athens and the areas around where these fires are located 
and were settled in refugee camps. Now, these refugees desperately wanted to continue on. They didn't want to stay in Greece because Greece has uh, very low uh, public welfare programs and uh, in a terrible economy. They wanted to continue on to, uh, to Germany and the nations of uh, Western Europe that have um, generous welfare benefits and, um, and um, better prospects. But they were trapped in, uh, in Greece and uh, unable to go forward. And one of the tactics that they took were to start fires in these refugee camps. And uh, beginning about last September 2017... Uh, they began burning these uh, migrant camps in an attempt to force the authorities to allow them to leave. And this was uh, has been continuing on until just recently. So the question has to be asked, is there a connection between this tactic of burning these refugee camps and these terrible fires that uh, we are seeing now? Uh, you won't hear any of this coverage in the, in the uh, mainstream media. Because the uh, the possible truth would just be too horrible to tell, and uh, and would uh, um, likely result in consequences. But uh, this story is going to be unfolding, and I wanted to bring it to your attention because um, this looks like it may be another disastrous consequence of the foolish migration policy of uh, of the European Union. So uh, the latest kerfuffle around uh, the, uh, the deep state's efforts to unseat this president is that, uh, you know, Comey and Clapper and Brennan have all taken um, very high-profile uh, jobs in the media as talking heads where they come on these shows. Uh, Comey is, uh, I mean, uh, Brennan is actually a regular on MSNBC and James Clapper is a regular talking head on CNN. And they come on there uh, and they, they make these outrageous statements. The whole idea of being a talking head on one of these uh, ideologically aligned left-wing talk stations is try to make uh, anti-Trump statements more outrageous and more ridiculous than everybody else so that you'll get airtime and you'll get asked back. Well, Ron Paul uh, asked a, 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 a very serious question. What in the world are our former intelligence and law enforcement officers doing, going on these programs, basically trying to destabilize the American government while at the same time uh, enjoying a security clearance that allows them to receive briefings from the intelligence community uh, that they can then possibly go share and leak to their, uh, to their new employers. Here is, uh, here's Ron Paul making this case. One of these days, I am going to get this issue worked out. The first clip of the day always wants to drag. Here we go. You know, I told the president in private what I've been saying in public, that I think there's a great danger to having talking heads on TV who are ex-CIA agents and still have classified clearance. There's a real danger that they might inadvertently uh, reveal classified information. Or purposely. And, you know, John Brennan's got a history of this. Back in 2012, when we were discussing, you know, we discovered the underwear bomber. John Brennan at that time briefed ex-CIA agents who were retired but still had top secret clearance. He briefed them and said, oh, don't worry, the U.S. has a someone inside. We have inside control. 
Well, then one of these ex-CIA agents went on television and said, oh, yeah, we have a double agent and nobody needs to worry. And it's like, whoops, the double agent was still there. So John Brennan's already been involved when he was on the inside leaking information to people who still had top secret clearance who were now talking heads. John Brennan leaked information that almost cost the life of a double agent. This is four years ago now. He should have been fired for that, but he wasn't fired by President Obama because I think he was a partisan. But now he's a talking head on the outside saying that basically President Trump should be executed. That's what we do for treason. And so, yeah, I'm very concerned about him having privileges because of his past history his past history and his and his current uh, ideological leanings you you um anybody that's being honest has to admit that uh that john brennan never should have been a cia uh director he uh holds very uh far left uh, views out of the mainstream and it could be argued that he is in fact uh, anti-american in his worldview um, he's very ideologically aligned uh, with President Obama, who was, in fact, elected president twice. So I guess he's uh, entitled to have his own CIA director. But I think uh, John Brennan's true stripes are coming out now when he takes every opportunity to try to unseat uh, the current government. This is this is totally and completely inappropriate behavior for former directors of our, um, our highest intelligence and law enforcement agencies. But they're all doing it now, and they're all being um, compensated at very, uh, for it very uh, handsomely. And, uh, and this is just a terrible situation uh, for a government to, to be in. So they, they certainly should not have the government's imprimatur while they're doing this, engaging in this behavior of carrying a top um, secret security clearance, which allows them uh, continued access to the um, uh, to the highest secrets that uh, this government has. Here's what uh, Sarah Sanders had to say about this. Rand Paul actually talked with the president about this uh, and brought it to his attention that this is a terrible state of affairs. And then uh, Sarah Sanders was asked about it during the White House press briefing. Uh, not only is the president looking to take away uh, Brennan's security clearance, he's also looking into the clearances of Comey, Clapper, Hayden, Rice, and McCabe. The president is exploring the mechanisms to remove security clearance because they've politicized and in some cases monetized their public service and security clearances, making baseless accusations of improper contact with Russia or being influenced by Russia against the president is extremely inappropriate. And the fact that people with security clearances are making these baseless charges provides inappropriate legitimacy to accusations with zero evidence. Zero evidence. Absolutely zero evidence. What's going on? And the left-wing media is uh, is hysteria, madness of crowds, and the people that uh, you look to for some stability, Clapper, Comey, and Brennan, among others. I would add Peter Strzok to this list that uh, that Sarah just mentioned. Um, are in fact leading the uh, the mob, and the the president is absolutely should should revoke. Uh, their security clearances. James Clapper, who was, in fact, uh, declared in a, a book he wrote that uh, that uh, Donald Trump is, in fact, a agent for the Russian government and won the election based on his collusion 
with uh, with Vladimir Putin with absolutely no evidence. Uh, well, we'll hear more from this when we return right after these messages on America First Radio. So this triumvirate, James Clapper, John Brennan, Jim Comey, they all conspired, I believe, at the urging of James uh, of, uh, of John Brennan. I think John Brennan was the source of this whole uh, Russia collusion theory. He took it to Harry Reid when Harry Reid was the minority leader in the Senate and really got this thing rolling. And then they got John McCain weighing in on this, uh, delivering this dirty dossier of fake fictitious, bogus dossier to the FBI, and off they went to the races. But uh, John Brennan was the original conspirator in this uh, this conspiracy to unseat uh, the president of the United States and overturn an American election uh, when he ran spies at the Trump campaign trying to provoke them uh, into uh, to some sort of um, self-incriminating action that he could use uh, to feed the FBI and, and launch the surveillance of the Trump campaign. And now Trump is, uh, you know, after sitting there and, uh, and taking this for uh, going on uh, two years now, uh, has, has uh, been reminded by Rand Paul, hey, these guys are still carrying top secret security clearances and they're subject to get um, briefings from the government and to use these security clearances very lucratively uh, with uh, defense contractors and, and others. Totally, completely inappropriate. These are, these are people that are now working outside the government in order to destabilize the United States of America. So you're darn right these, uh, these security clearances should be revoked. James Clapper wasn't too happy about it when he heard about it. He's, a, he's one of these talking heads over at uh, CNN the fake news network, and there, here's what he had to say. Well, uh, you know, it's kind of an interesting news. Uh, I'm, I'm reading it uh, uh, and learning about it just as you are. I think it's uh, off the top of my head. It's kind of a sad commentary where, uh, for political reasons, uh, this is a kind of a petty way. Political reasons. He's just doing it for, uh, for politics. Never mind the fact that we're on these uh, these shows day and night giving the imprimatur of our former titles to this uh, to this attempted coup. This is just politics, according to James Clapper. ...of uh, uh, retribution, I suppose, for speaking out against uh, uh, the president, which I think are uh, on the part of all of us, are born out of genuine concerns about... Uh, uh, about President Trump. Oh yeah, it's very genuine for John Brennan to uh, to go on there and accuse this president of treason, as as Ron Paul or as Rand, uh, Rand Paul said, uh, the the penalty for which is um, execution, and and to uh, to call for his impeachment. Oh yes, that's just that's just normal criticism. 
Sarah Sanders, one of the words she used, I'll just fill you in as you're getting this information, she referred to you guys all as uh, politicizing and uh, that you've monetized, essentially monetized your security clearance by, you know, you along with a number of these other folks on the screen come on TV, paid contributor, uh, with, with the security clearance to say how you feel about the president. And they don't like it, apparently. Well, the security clearance has nothing to do with... Uh uh, how I or any of us feel about uh, the president. And I don't get the clearance uh, briefings. Uh, I'm not, uh, I don't have access to any classified information. It, it's uh, frankly more of a courtesy. It's yeah, it's a courtesy that allows you to receive classified top secret briefings just as John Brennan did to those former uh, intelligence officers in order to leak information. And now they're in position uh, as the former intelligence office officers to get that information and leak it to their employers totally inappropriate ought to be withdrawn yesterday former senior officials in uh, uh the intelligence committee are, are extended the courtesy of, of keeping the security clearance having had occasion to use it and uh it w would not has no bearing whatsoever on uh you know my regard or, or lack thereof for, for president trump or what he's doing or the American people's uh, regard or lack thereof for you, Comey and Brennan, I would, I would uh, hasten to add. But you know, the release of this FISA application um, last Saturday morning um, that has documented the misconduct of the intelligence and law enforcement officials uh, has really opened a lot of people's eyes, not only... Uh, did these guys uh, attempt to overturn a presidential election? Because remember, the target here wasn't Carter Page. Carter Page was just their entree into the Trump campaign uh, by using this uh, this three-hop rule uh, that they're allowed when they get, get one of these uh, warrants. But it turns out now um, that Clapper, I guess, you know, having to fill so much airtime over there on CNN, let slip that it was none other than President Obama that, to that, that started this whole Russia witch, witch hunt after, now, I, I believe that uh, Obama and Brennan were conspiring with each other all along to try to uh, cripple the Trump campaign, uh, but uh, uh, Clapper on CNN let it leak that he was the one that ordered this, uh, this so-called uh, intelligence assessment that they, uh, that they took to uh, the president claiming that Russia interfered in the election because they had RTTV uh, saying bad things about Hillary Clinton, never mind the fact that they also said bad things about Donald Trump, and that who they really wanted to win, if you watched any RTTV, was, was Bernie Sanders. But, uh, but Clapper was on CNN, and he let, uh, he let this following uh, little juicy nugget slip. If it weren't for President Obama... We might not have done the intelligence community assessment that we did that set off a whole sequence of events which are still unfolding today, notably Special Counsel Mueller's investigation. President Obama uh, is responsible for that, and it was he who tasked us to do that intelligence community assessment uh, in the first place. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's something. Why didn't that get more attention in the media? That uh, Obama, on his last official act, one of his last official acts in August in, in office threw a bomb into the incoming administration knowing that it would weaponize uh, this entrenched deep state 
against the incoming president. I guess he, he couldn't do enough damage to our nation in his eight years in office. He wanted to make sure that he, uh, he left the house on fire as he, uh, as he walked out the door. Obama and Brennan knew that the allegations that were uh, contained in that, um, that intelligence assessment were bogus. First of all, an intelligence assessment, if done right, is supposed to include all the agencies. You remember they were running around for the longest time claiming that all 17 intelligence agencies signed off on this assessment because that is what's normally required of an assessment. But James Clapper, he, he uh, bypassed all of that and just, uh, just relied on the CIA, the FBI, and the NSA to produce this. Now, the NSA, under... Um, the naval officer, uh, maybe I'll think of his name in a second, didn't sign off on the assessment. They said they were neutral, that they didn't have an opinion on the conclusions. But Brennan's CIA and Comey's FBI, they certainly were pushing this this uh, bogus storyline. And they took it uh, to to Congress, and they they um, they started this uh, this drumbeat that the the conservative GOP uh, capitulated to. To appoint this special counsel. So Kimberly Strassel wrote in the Wall Street Journal that Brennan in particular has shown himself to be a, a rabid, rabid anti-Trump partisan. I would I would say that he's anti-American partisan myself. To an extent that is really breathtaking for a public official, especially one that headed the CIA, you can tell from listening to this guy that he is almost deranged in his raw, uh, deep-seated hatred for this president. Brennan used his position as head of the most powerful spy agency in the world to assist Hillary Clinton's campaign so he could keep his job and weaponize this, this bogus opposition research document uh, the the dossier that was you have to keep reminding everybody that was actually uh, collected by a foreign agent using Kremlin provided stories gossip really with no basis in fact none of it has been able to be uh, as they say verified we got to run out to a break when we come back we'll talk more about this and uh, um, and the situation over in North Korea right after these messages on America First Radio. darn right these uh, security clearances should be re- revoked. I would actually be looking at whether or not you could revoke Brennan's uh, pension because what he is actually doing is fomenting uh, the overthrow of the government. He is doing exactly the opposite of what he was sworn to do as CIA director. His his um, over-the-top sort of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, rabid partisanship was on full display last week when he uh, he tweeted out that uh, Trump's remarks 
amount of, at the uh, the press conference with Vladimir Putin was nothing short of treasonous. Treasonous, really. This coming from a guy who actually attempted to subvert a presidential election. You know, while Brennan's partisanship and really hatred for his political enemies is uh, is there for all the world to see now, it wasn't until uh, the summer of the presidential election back in 2016 that, um, that, or it wasn't on display then, but that is when uh, he could be seen actually interfering in the election. He knew at the time that his role as the CIA chief um, prevented him from intervening in domestic spying and trying to take the investigation uh, from this uh, this uh, minor fact-free uh, narrative that they had put together to to try and to really you know create a major political firestorm out of that, and it was Brennan who got the ball rolling in 2016 in August by telling um, Senate Ma- Majority Leader Minority Leader Harry Reid. Uh, this this bogus tale of Russian interfer- Russia interference in our election on Trump's behalf, they argued. And it worked. Pushed by Brennan, Reid then made uh, uh, was, was one of the most powerful people in Congress. He wrote a letter to FBI uh, Director Comey citing direct evidence of this this bogus Russian collusion. Not only did Brennan share the intelligence with the FBI, but soon after this uh, Democrat opposition research firm began leaking to the media this this bogus dossier, and the fix was in. It was off to the races then. They got old Michael Isikoff over there at Yahoo in on it. They got um, uh, David Korn and Mother Jones in on it. They got the they they roped in the State Department. It is it has become an investigation without end, all politically motivated, all designed to unseat the first outsider to come in and win the presidency um, in memory. I guess you could argue that Eisenhower, as a former um, military man coming in, had never been an elected official, but uh, you know he he was Supreme Allied Commander, so. I don't think you could call him an outsider, but uh, Bob Goodlatte with the House o- or the yeah the House Oversight Committee is going to be calling uh, John Brennan back to testify in light of his most recent tirades. Here's what he had to say about it. Well, we have lots of questions for John Brennan, and he will definitely be uh, sought by the committees for an interview. This is an extremely disturbing thing to see both he and James Comey, supposedly impartial government officials carrying out their jobs in very important areas uh, in uh, intelligence gathering and law enforcement, express the kind of extreme bias uh, that they've shown now, uh, which I think reflects uh, quite accurately on what they were doing back in 2016. They are doing terrible, terrible, terrible damage uh, to this country. To the body politic, they don't care. This is how leftists intend to win. Uh, they will win at any price if they have to, as I say, burn the house down in order to take it. That they're perfectly willing to do that. 
You know, but if anybody thinks that uh, that Donald Trump is the first U.S. president ever targeted for trying to mend relations with Russia, then you really don't know your history, much of it very recent. The deep state uh, went after uh, John Kennedy when he tried to um, have a reproachment with Russia. They called Kennedy a traitor, an appeaser, a coward. They said that he was uh, too soft on Russia and refused to, you know, attack them. They, they weren't satisfied with his his um, lack of uh, demonstrated hostility toward uh, the former Soviet Union. And yesterday in the Texas uh, Tribune, there was an article uh, published that was uh, said it was time to impeach the president. This was written by a state representative out there named, named Jason Vibella, and he compared Trump to conservative uh, icon Ronald Reagan. He wrote, uh, I'm a Republican today. I apologize for that background noise. Because of Ronald Reagan, he instilled in me the principles that have guided my life. Today, our own president mocks these basic tenets. Well, except for... Reagan was another uh, president that the deep state and the, the establishments in Washington targeted for trying to mend rela uh, relations with Russia. And this, uh, this, the, this whole episode in our history appeared uh, in the December 5th, 1987 issue of the Los Angeles Times. Reagan was about to enter a nuclear missile test treaty with the Soviet Union and the deep state and the right wing of uh, both the Democrat and the uh, Republican parties were livid with him. The head of the uh, conservative caucus, Howard Phillips, actually denounced Reagan as a useful idiot for Soviet propaganda, a, a weak man with a strong wife. Conservative uh, fundraiser uh uh, Richard Volgari uh, wrote at the time, he, he has quit the fight and left the uh, field of battle. He is an apologist for Gorbachev. It's an outrage. Sound familiar? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The deep state's been about this for a long time. That was what the Cold War was all about, making and keeping Russia an official enemy of the United States no different from what's going on today. At the end of his uh, term in office, Eisenhower, who came to see uh, post-World War II uh, conversion of the federal government into a national security state, warned the American people that the military-industrial complex, the deep state, posed a threat to our liberties and the democratic process of the American people if we did not stay vigilant. It was his successor, as I said, President Kennedy, who ultimately recognized the Cold War for the racket that it is. It went uh, to uh, he went to war against the deep state by announcing an end to the Cold War and his intent to befriend Russia. Notwithstanding the brutal communist regime that was in Russia. And Kennedy came uh, to an end, uh, Kennedy's life came to an end on November 22nd, 1963. Russia continued to be the official enemy of the United States for the next 26 years when Ronald Reagan 
uh, pushed them to the point of um, economic collapse because of the arms race, and then uh, engaged Gorbachev in order to to mend fences and try to bring the uh, Russia into the uh, the uh, community of democratic liberal democracies. Of course, when George H. W. Bush came into office, a, cold, uh, a deep state uh, cold warrior himself, he was having none of that, and he went back on all of the commitments that Reagan had made. When the Cold War looked like it was going to end, and we were going to have remember the 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 peace dividend that we were going to, going to enjoy, the deep state actually panicked. The reason that the federal government was converted to from a limited government republic that our founders envisioned to this national security state in the first place was a so-called threat from the Soviet Union. Well, it was an actual threat from the Soviet Union. It wasn't a so-called threat. It was a real threat. But it wasn't insurmountable. Ronald Reagan engaged um, with the Soviet Union, reduced the uh, likelihood of nuclear war, and officially, and eventually, I should say, uh, caused the regime uh, to collapse of its own contradictions and then give us this historic opportunity that the deep state ultimately squandered. And it's just a damn shame uh, that we've got these same people that are back in in office or, or in these um, these powerful positions in the deep state, steadfastly refusing this president's uh, um, efforts to try to de-escalate tensions with the Soviet Union. Here's what Rand Paul had to say about these uh, these over-the-top uh, hysterical talking heads. I think that's a little bit overawed. No one's talking about limiting anyone's speech. So an ex-CIA agent can get out there and say incredibly stupid things like the president is treasonous. Yes, no one's going to stop John Brennan from saying that. No one stops him from taking millions of dollars to say such horrendous things. But should he still get classified information? I mean, I would think that, you know, if you're a soldier or you're the head of the CIA, basically you have allegiance to the commander-in-chief. The commander-in-chief makes decisions. If you don't like them, you can resign, but he's no longer in government. He should not be getting classified information. He also has a history of leaking classified information that endangered agents in the field and almost got an agent killed. He was talking again about uh, John Brennan, John Brennan taking the lead for this deep state in order to try to uh, uh, keep the war drums banging. We got to run out to a break. When we come back, we'll come. Uh, we'll talk about some good news out of North Korea and the president's actions in support of American workers right after these messages on America First Radio.
Well, new satellite imagery out of North Korea shows that uh, the nation has begun dismantling parts of a satellite launching station, the so-called SOHO satellite launching station, that was in fact uh, used in the testing of ballistic missiles. They cited images of a building uh, that was formerly used to assemble these, uh, these space launch vehicles being dismantled and a, uh, a launching pad used for the development of liquid fuel engines uh, being demolished. These sites were not actually meant to put satellites in orbit. They were, in fact, uh, missile test facilities. And the dismantling of the site comes after Kim Jong-un promised to halt all missile testing. Missile testing, of course, is a delivery vehicle for their nuclear program. And this has got to be viewed as a, a significant, um, you know, confidence-building uh, effort by North Korea. And they have also been dismantling a number of other sites around the country related to their nuclear program. So, um, you know, uh, Trump's diplomacy in this matter during the Singapore summit appears to be paying, uh, paying dividends now. And uh, these are encouraging measures as the North Koreans uh, disarm in keeping with the, the agreement. There's going to be growing calls for sanctions. Uh, but the president and, uh, and um, Mike Pompeo are so far resistant to that because of uh, uh, North Korea's past actions. At some point, um, you know, these good faith measures on behalf of North Korea are going to have to be um, acknowledged and, and supported in kind. There's another uh, little bit of information uh, out of, um, you know, the, the foreign policy and in uh, military realm. Of course, uh, President, before he met with uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, I guess it's been two weeks ago now, uh, attended this NATO summit where he demanded that the other NATO alliance members um, live up to their commitments to uh, dedicate 2% of GDP for the uh, collective defense. Now, one of the big issues out of that is they are, in fact, mislabeling a lot <coughs> of their contributions as military, when, in fact, they are not providing any military readiness at all. A lot of it's just going for pensions and other, other um, social-type uh, programs that are um, related to military, but not don't contribute to military readiness. As a matter of fact, the German government... They've got about uh, uh, 30 uh, fighter planes, only a handful of which, under 10. No, they've got 76 of these uh, fighter planes, jets, less than 10 of which, I think the number is seven, that are actually functional. They've got a bunch of uh, tanks, less than a third of which are actually functional. They can't really uh, put an effective fighting force in the field. But apparently, uh, Trump's harsh words toward Germany have uh, really hurt their feelings. And now more than half of the Germans think that Europe can defend itself without the military backing from the United States. <laughs> and they, uh, you know, the, this was in response to the president uh, alluding to the fact that the United States is not going to continue to carry the load for them. Only 37% of the respondents to this poll believe that Europe depends on the United States for military protection. 
And the, the survey found no significant difference between the former East German regions, uh, you know, that, that lived under the Soviet Union, than the West. 60% of the people in Europe thought that, uh, or 60% uh, of the people in Germany, more than 60, um, yeah, about 60%, don't believe that they depend on the United States for their protection. So, you know what? If that's the way they feel about it, I'm, I'm down with that. Let's pull those brigades out of Germany. Let's bring our troops home or, or possibly uh, redeploy them to the actual challenge that faces the United States in the Pacific. And let Germany defend itself. Why not? They're rich. They have a bigger economy. Just the German uh, uh, nation has a bigger economy than all of uh, Russia. Russia's economy is about the same size as Italy. They were uh, they they were highly insulted, and now they uh, they want to just defend themselves, and I think that is just great. Well, the president um, this week created a uh, through an executive order the so-called uh, National Council for the American Worker, an advisory and planning body that will focus on closing the skills gaps and retraining American workers to tr- transition to new jobs. You know the the labor market is incredibly tight right now, and businesses are clamoring that they can't get enough uh, uh, well-trained workers, and we need to address that. It's a wonder uh, that, you know, preparing the American workforce hasn't um, been given more attention uh, in previous administrations. This whole issue has really been uh, taken up by uh, the president's daughter, Ivanka, and Labor Secretary Alexander Acosta, who um, were confronting the, the, the really specific challenges that are now facing uh, American workers in this transforming economy. For many years, our country faced questions over what what to do as our manufacturing jobs vanished. But now, these manufacturing jobs are uh, pouring back in, and we find ourselves um, ill-prepared, you know, as a workforce uh, to to meet uh, the, the demand. I'm going to play you a sort of a long clip now uh, from the president when he established this council and uh, and had uh, had all of his economic council in there, including Ivanka and uh, a lot of the titans of industry, and very uh, encouragingly from the the labor associations. But to keep this momentum going, to continue this economic miracle, and that's what it is. It's a miracle what's happened in the last year and a half. We must invest in job training and vocational education. The fact is that companies are pouring back into our country. Companies that frankly left 10 and 20 years ago and they're coming back and we need people to work for those companies. We need talented people. We need people with training. That's why in a few moments I will be signing an executive order to establish the National Council for the American Worker. That's a first. This council will be made up of top officials across the government. We're also establishing an outside advisory board of industry leaders and experts, which we will announce in the coming weeks, very shortly. A lot of people want to be on that board very badly. I have some great people going on that board. 
Together, their task will be to develop a national workforce and strategy to equip Americans of all ages and at all stages of their career with the skills they need to thrive in the modern economy. Whether it's a high school student looking to land their first job, first job ever, they've got a lot of enthusiasm and they lose that enthusiasm when they don't land that job, but now they're all landing jobs. Or a late career worker who wants to learn a new trade. We want every American to have the chance to earn a great living doing a great job that they love where they wake up in the morning and they can't get to work fast enough. A lot of these people know that feeling. That's why they're in the position they're in. In that spirit, I'm proud to announce an exciting new challenge and the beginning of a new national movement. We're asking businesses and organizations across the country to sign our new pledge to America's workers. Today, 23 companies and associations are pledging to expand apprenticeships. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, a, uh, a work crew has shown up right out my side my studio windows and is making um, uh, a terrible racket that I don't want you to have to put up with. So in the remainder of the show, I just want to play you a clip from Jim Cramer uh, supporting the president's uh, steel tariffs. Uh, and I hope you will join us back here again tomorrow for another edition of America First Radio. The tariffs are high. They are at the upper end. But I do think that in the end, the companies that are complaining, I wonder if they got the advantage of the corporate tax cut or was they or they are just only uh, they're disadvantaged because the corporate tax cuts far bigger than whatever they're going to get hurt by this. Uh, but I would point out that there are still 350,000 people who make steel in this country. And we can certainly wipe those jobs out if we want to. But I think that those are good jobs. Although you, Mr. Cohn's concern to a certain extent was that some of the benefits of the tax of the tax cut will be um, stifled uh, by this move. Uh, so, yeah, you, you don't care. You no. don't feel bad. You know, You're it, getting it, out of I feel a little, little violin. bit of like Marshall's, you know, a U.S. Marshal Sam Girard. I don't care. I don't care. Right. These are real jobs. They're great jobs. I had John Furrier on last night from Newcorp. I listened. I listened to the interview. You watched the show? I thought you were with the U.S. hockey team. No, I was at the gym. I watched the show. Jeez, you were everywhere. I was at the pool. Following. Look, I think that this is a real, like, look, Gary, I've known Gary for years. I think there is another side. I think it's great to air the other side. I come out in favor of the tariffs. Why? Because I think the Chinese have targeted this industry, puts a lot of people to work. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. DC police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department.